0: I hope I'm alive. All right. I'm still a little awake, still a little bit asleep, not awake. is what I'm trying to say. Kids are back at school, which is fun uh, for every, every parent who, uh, who's out there. Uh, I know a lot of people don't start till after Labor Day, but Pennsylvania, they decide to get the kids out a week before. So they're going to school in August, which they love.
1: <laughs> Anthony, Anthony's district doesn't start till next week. He, he's doing yeah. like, uh, I think I got I, I, messaged him to see if he could come on the show today and he's like doing like um preparation for like all this week is preparation for the upcoming year. So he could Oh it's
0: nuts. Yeah. The back to school thing is, is crazy. I mean it just I mean my wife like so the other night I got you know the the amount of effort that goes into the first day of school when you have kids is just yeah. like is insane. And it for no reason whatsoever. I mean absolutely zero reason. Like we, we fight about this every year. You know it's like the second day of school you know, they're going to be fine. You know, the first day of school, like everything mm-hmm. in place. So that, that, that requires, and the school sent out these enormous list of um, back to school supplies you have to purchase before the year starts. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, literally two years ago, we went, she went to, she went to Staples and got everything you needed on these lists um, for two kids came out to $200 of back-to-school supplies, like 200 bucks of back-to-school supplies, like notebooks, you know, calculators, um, pencils, pencils, everything magical, You know, and I'm like, that's
2: an expensive calculator that I bought. So
0: there you go, right? So I don't know. So I get really, you know, that's just really ridiculous. So uh, someone tipped me off to going to dollar stores for school supplies, which is like absolutely the greatest thing you can possibly do. And it makes sense because like, you know, so Five Below especially has like a great
1: selection school supplies. So now we pay half
0: that, you know, just by doing that.
1: I, I, before we before we do our pre show thing, I just have to say because you remember back in the day, like back when we were kids, that the calculator was extremely, extremely expensive. Yeah, and the, this one cost like a hundred bucks. Right, and the one that the one that Russ
0: one that now is still the one. I, the one I had to get for them was one hundred and twenty bucks a piece. Yeah,
1: I I had one similar to that, but it was a hand me down, and. It stopped working because the switch on it had broken. Okay. So my father, who was a teacher, took it to the electrical engineering teacher in school, and I was probably the only person in, at Hutch Tech High School in the '80s that had a Texas Instruments <laughs> calculator with two wires sticking out of where the where the switch nice. was, and my the ability to to uh, use the calculator, I had to put the two wires together.
0: <laughs> the,
1: equivalent, the equivalent to this
2: calculator now costs 20 bucks. Yeah.
0: So I mean you, every, every one of those calculators has phone. this is the thing you don't know about. These calculators have apps for them. Um yeah, so there's like a calculator they, on your phone. That's great. Yeah, and, but the exact like you can get like no, your, but this is just, this
2: but this is where they get that. Like this, this I had to get for um probability and statistics. Yeah. Because it's got a few of those buttons for that. The ones on the phone don't have that.
0: Yeah. Right. All right. right. Well, but there, there, are there are probably statistic apps on the phone too. Like you can right. get that. But but the kids kids aren't allowed to have their phones. Have, have their
1: phone on, right? So
0: they can't have their phones in class because they could also get the now, <laughs> answers from those. From those. The, the,
1: the, this. is the, the this is where we are as a culture, or at least as we are as sports reporters. When the news came out last night from Adam Schefter that Andrew Luck had decided to retire. Mm-hmm. Everybody, the the first reaction from everyone is, "This is a pirated account. This is a you know fake account. This yeah. is hockey and the football version of Hockey Insider, and this is BS." And then it it was confirmed. And Russ, I, it, it's just it's funny because I mean he's twenty nine years old. I believe he's only played six yeah. full seasons. Seven, well seven he, seasons. They seven count. seasons, but he missed a whole season because yeah. of a shoulder injury. Yeah, and. I have to say and we we talked about this off the off the air. Um luck th- this story was not supposed to break during the game. Adam Shafter reported it. Mm-hmm. It spread like wildfire in Indianapolis via social media, via Twitter, via Facebook, and at the end of the game a Andrew Luck uh in street clothes who had not played in the game was booed. As he walked off the field for maybe the final time, which I th- was pretty ugly, but I know that Adam Schefter has been taking some heat because he broke the story. And I'm like, that's his job. Yeah, he kicked it. It got
2: leaked, right? And what happens is in a lot of organizations, people who work in them are fans too, right? And sometimes super fans, but they work for the team. So somebody who obviously was as mad as the fans were leaked it. He yeah. didn't do this guy any favors. Now, if you're a fan that booed this guy, who was your franchise, who actually this team never built an offensive line for until it was right. too late, they let they let it go for like five years, and he got sacked more than any quarterback in the league. Right. I mean, I watched that happen to Ken O'Brien, who played like one year for the Eagles when his shoulder was done, and I saw it in person. But I watched him all those years for the Jets, and he got sacked 60 times one year. End of the day – You're only flesh and bone. And for these people to rip him and boo him because he's retiring at the age of 29 because he can't deal with waking up in pain anymore. Yeah. Get some other hobby, man. You're yeah, not even, we're not even a, a human, let alone a fan.
1: And it's it's great foresight by the Colts to finally put an offensive line yeah. in front of him after he after he's missed a season. How about doing it when he was a young quarterback when he didn't have to take it, the abuse? Right. I don't know if it was, you know, they didn't want to spend the money or what, but I mean, they have as much culpability. They have a lot of culpability here in terms of him retiring at a young age because he's in pain, because they didn't protect him.
2: Well, they let him keep his bonus, Mike. So now people are writing erroneous articles like, well, maybe they're doing that because he'll come back. Listen, if you watched his the way he spoke and said he has future plans and football is not in them, he's not going back to football. He doesn't want to get hit anymore.
1: Yeah, I, 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 heard, I heard that from other reporters. And I think that – you know what it is? I think that we've seen – in the past guys and we know different different circumstance but guys like Mario Lemieux who came back mm-hmm. from Hodgkins Gary Roberts who had a career career threatening neck injury mm-hmm. who came back after you know he retired he came back after a few years um you never closed the door now, and, you know what those guys were
2: already older than what Andrew luck is here my basic point is when you're in your 20s and you retire like Jim Brown, they generally stay retired. They, they walked yeah. away for a reason. Like yeah. the other guys, something interrupted their career, and they were like, you know what? I don't like the way I went out, and I want to come back. This is different than that, at least in
1: my eyes. That's the way I look at it. Right. I, he and up his goalie career. Same thing. And some and somebody made the point, you know, he, he came not from lots of money, but he came from money because his dad was an NFL quarterback for a time. Um, <laughs> it doesn't he, matter if he
0: came from money if you made a hundred million dollars yourself. No,
1: no, no. But his dad, his dad <laughs> played quarterback when he, when they didn't make big, big. money.
0: Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. Saying
1: they they were comfortable, but they it wasn't like he could. Yeah, you know, he wasn't a rich rich kid. But you know now he's made like ninety million dollars in his career. Yeah. It's like okay, if you if if it's important for if the thing most important to you is to be able to you know lift your kid over your shoulder, which and it should play, be, which the it should be, yeah. then then you know what? Then I don't have any. I don't have any criticism. Yeah. And I don't blame him at all.
0: No, I don't either. I think think. I mean, obviously, it's okay for fans to be upset about it. I mean, this is a this is a What's this, this I mean, is a huge favorite player. I mean, not upset at him, but just upset at the situation. You know, like that's yeah. like that's an issue obviously i mean you know this is definitely affects the colts in a big way that's your team you know and and there's lots of people who are huge luck fans bought luck jerseys you know and all kinds of things like that um it's
2: not like the the colts luck jersey is going to be bad for you He no seven really good years he was really good. He didn't win a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning didn't win a Super Bowl there either.
1: Did yeah. he get food? Now, no. the, now, now the question is whether Jacoby Brissett will emulate William Nealander and pay for all the luck jerseys to be changed changed over to Jacoby Brissett jersey. Not that sport. Different money. He's not making that money.
0: Just kidding, Willie. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm telling you, the whole thing, the whole point of it is, you know, if you're in a, if you're in pain constantly, money doesn't really matter as much as you think. It. I mean it does matter always, of course, but if you're in pain and you're you've got enough money to live off of, I mean, I would just get the hell out of Dodge too. I mean, I would just be yeah. like, Okay. I'm you know, he's obviously worked hard. It's not like he gave up the first injury he had, no. but the second injury he had. He's had tons of injuries and now this latest, I guess, miss kind of You know of mis- what it is, is.
2: and even and, and I felt like Stephen A. Smith did him a disservice this morning. I was watching a little ESPN and he read off a list of guys who retired, and when they retired it was like, well, Barry Sanders retired in July. Jim Brown retired in July. This yeah. is too close to the season. Well, you guess what? This guy was really legitimately thinking he could come back, and then he—he yeah. he can't. Yeah, I mean, he's
0: trying. You know, that's the point. I mean, do you want to? If you're the if, okay, so if you're the team owner and Andrew Luck comes into you, comes in and say May and says to you, "Man, I don't know. You know, I'm like, I'm really, I'm doing my best here, but just is just like."
1: Well, he g- he gave the Colts the heads up a couple weeks ago that he was thinking about this, so it wasn't like I'm he- sure he gave him
0: a heads up even before that. You know, because yeah. I'm I'm guessing. So, and if you're the owner and you're sitting there across from Andrew Luck in May, and you're like, well, you know, give it a shot. You know, we'd like to if you can't if you're okay, we'd like you to give it a shot. Take as long as you need because you're not going to sit there and say, well, you know, let us know right now or not or else because you right. know if you have a chance to give you have a, first of all that's the wrong thing to do to a person in general, but it's also you're going to, if you can get Andrew Luck to play for you, you're going to try to get Andrew Luck to play for you. I mean, that's the reality of it. And
1: Yeah, and and by the way, there, there was a, you know, I, mean, I know that Russ said Stephen A. Smith had may, said something. Uh, Doug Gottlieb from ESPN as well had, had a hot take, and Troy Aikman went on Twitter and basically, you know, told him he was an idiot for his, for his take. So there, there, there are opinions on, and you know, Aikman, you know, Aikman won two, he won three Bowls. but he was concussed many times. Yeah. He took a yeah. lot of abuse as a quarterback. His career could have been much longer yeah. and, and he actually had a pretty decent offensive line, but you know, I, I would, I would side with the, the take of Troy Aikman over Doug Gottlieb any day. Yeah. Me too. yeah. The last thing I'll
2: say is, you know, the coach, I feel bad for him. He had a press conference today and he's trying to say, "Look, we're still really good. We built this team up in the offseason, which is true, but too bad Vegas doesn't think so because their odds went from 15 to 1 to 45 to 1 to win the Super Bowl this morning."
1: Well, every every sports book, and this is the last thing, every sports book took the Colts off, wow. of their, off of their list in terms of like yeah. uh, over-unders and things like that as soon as this was announced, except one. And I saw a, I, I saw a, a football writer show that he bet the under on, on the Colts, put like a $1,000 in under bets, which if I was going to bet, and I don't bet anymore, but if I was going to bet, I would bet the under because I don't think they're going to be as good. They're not going to be anywhere close to being as good. Yeah. The world luck. But anyway. Um, well, we- I, I
0: mean, this is my – I mean, honestly – you know this is this is what i love about hockey versus other sports because you know luck you know in in football if you lose a quarterback or you know in baseball if you lose a pitcher or whatever you know there's other sports where if or you know basketball you lose your point guard or your center or whatever the, the teams absolutely go from 15 to 45 to 1 where in hockey i don't think that's i never i never think that's the case like i always feel like you know like you know, like like last year with Tavares leaving, I felt like you know the Islanders would still be half decent because hockey players right. have the ability to rise up because it's not it really is not a star focused sport. It's, it the stars are really paid disproportionately well in hockey for what they bring, and obviously they're great, they're great, they're great players. But it's not a star driven sport. In fact, when a I like, one team, uh, yeah, one what was team, that?
2: There's one team that if they lose. But one guy, they're done, and that's the the Canadians. If they lose Carey Price, yeah, they're done. That's been proven. But goalie,
0: that's- yeah, well, with the exception of goalie, I think that's a good point. But
2: no, I mean, and I don't even mean all goalies. I think other teams can overcome it. but yeah. the Price is in 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 the Montreal system. You take him out, and they're yeah. done. They have no yeah. chance.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I. I but I, I, in hockey, players tend to rise up and and play better. I was in Columbus right. last week and. And uh, talking to a lot of people out in Columbus and just talking to them and, you know, the fans were like, well, you know, we're they're, they're obviously down. They've, they've lost Panarin and Bobrovsky and, and Duchesne and Zingle, and, and they're looking at the situation like, oh, man, we're going to be terrible and terrible. And I said, you just don't know that in hockey. You really don't know. I mean, you honestly don't. It's just it's the situation in hockey In hockey sometimes. You know, this is the this is the sport. I always say that brought us the Miracle on Ice. This is the sport where things yep. can happen. Where teams teams can bond bond together and play as a team, and the Vegas Knights can happen, and all kinds of things can happen. It's just it's just it's a very strange sport, which I do like. Because oh, I
2: can't find anybody, and I spoke to a lot of reporters yesterday right. who who could back Columbus for anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I, uh, I'm I don't know. They're I'm not, not going to agree with them. That's funny. I, it's, I mean, you know. I
1: mean, we'll get to our team previews, but when we talk
0: about Columbus. I'm going to tell you that you know, I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team, but they're going to be close. Mm-hmm. I think.
1: Well, okay, so that's, that's going to be your last
2: year, yeah. Edmonton. This year, got it.
0: No, it's going to be my last year, Islanders. Actually, let's let's, so, let's, hey.
1: let's save that. Let's save that uh, and start the show.
0: <laughs> Here we go. Hello, hockey world. It's Monday, August twenty-six, two thousand and nineteen.
2: I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen from, from Sportsology.
0: And I am Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com, the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday to fill you in on your hockey needs um, and, uh, you know, the comings and goings in the hockey world, as they say. Um, we are going to get to some rumors. We have some things right off the bat. We have a breaking situation going on with, um, well, breaking, I guess, in terms, of M- in terms of one of our RFAs and Miko Rantanen. Um, which just happened at you know three or four minutes before the for the top of the hour, so were a little bit late here as i was making a couple of calls. Mike, what it, tell us fill everybody in as to what happens? Well, what's going on with Miko,
1: you know, we, we talked about last week about Marner potentially going to Switzerland. Well, the, it was tweeted out by a Norwegian team uh, that Rantanen is going to practice with them. Now it doesn't mean he's going to play yeah. for them, and uh, but but th- this is I, I think that the. I think the thing that is going to be common with a lot of these players is they saw what happened with William Nylander last year, and they don't want to repeat that. Meaning, Nylander practiced on his own. He skated with a couple teams, but he really didn't, you know, like get into the uh, get into the swing of things in terms of getting up to top speed. He stayed in shape, but when he came, being in shape. And skating around in practice is not being up to the NHL level. And when he came back, he was terrible. And he was terrible for most of the season. He yeah. could not catch up. There are some people who think he was better at the end of the year and into the playoffs. I thought, I still thought he was lagging a few steps behind. So I think what Rantanen and the thing with Marner and maybe other players is – we need to get out there and at least get moving and be up to the pace or as close to the pace of the NHL um, while this negotiation is going on and then can step in. I I think this to my mind contributes to these players wanting to get back into camp and get their contracts signed as quickly as possible. But you know they're not going to give up. They're not going to cede ground on uh, contract negotiations just for that fact. So I think this is, you know, it might be good news in the in the long run that Rantanen is at least not sitting around and doing nothing. But you know these teams got to worry. You know if Marner goes over to Switzerland, the, they have the least have to worry about him getting hurt over there. Yeah. And yeah. Same, same thing with the abs and and Rantanen. I
0: mean, it's, with this situation, it's you know Rantanen and. um line they've been working out together over in Europe and they've been hanging out over there and you know, it's, it's different with a European staying over there than it would be with Mariner going over there, you know, like with, 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 you know, with Rantan and he's, he's, he's living in Europe anyway in the summer. So this is not a big deal for him to practice with the Norwegian team. Um, you know, with Marner suddenly was practicing on the Swiss team, it would be a much bigger deal. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, I'm very curious how this, this is going to play out because we keep going every, every week through the same old things and uh, and nothing and nothing progressing nothing
1: changing well I mean Russ the only one that is like I thought that at least there'd be a few that would start to trickle in and the only thing that happened last week was Colin white signing Colin white is not at the level of Ranton or Besser or McAvoy or, or Warinsky but you know he got a six-year deal with Ottawa and Ottawa has cap. Room going forward, yeah. but I thought it, things would start to break a little bit, and right now they're not.
2: No, I so I, I've done a little research here. So the Storhammer Dragons, where he's playing, are defending champs. Mm-hmm. Our, our old buddy Patrick Thorison plays for them. Nice. So last year he um, he had sixty five <laughs> points in forty five <laughs> games. So if you think
0: <laughs>
2: up to standards for Ranton Rantanen skating for them and it, it'll be like half of what the NHL is but I'm sure Patrick Thorison will tell Rantanen whatever you do don't take a shot in the nuts it's not worth it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the famous Patrick Thorison story. But um I mean you can imagine the numbers Rantanen would put up.
2: <laughs> I mean he has 65 points. Patrick Thorison Rantanen would score 200 points <laughs>
0: easily. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's not I mean that we it's just it's really not likely that, that this happens. And the funny thing is, you know, there's really been so little angst about Rattening, you know? Like of all the of all the free RFA's out there, I feel like he's had some of the least amount of angst surrounding him, even well, though
1: they they've, they've got the cap space for him. The, the thing yeah. I, I honestly I think the thing with him is is you know that the best player on that team is Nathan McKinnon. And Nathan McKinnon's making $6.3 million. And uh, Landis I think, is making less than six. Now, they benefited from the fact that they signed them a few years ago. But if Rantanen gets like 10, 10.5, you know, the, 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 I mean, I'm sure that they're going to say, well, is Ranton $3.5 million better than? Better than Nathan McKinnon? No, I think they want to keep the amount as low as possible because everybody realizes that they turn free agent at different times and it's a different league now than it was a few years ago. But still, I mean, you you, you don't think McKinnon is going to have a bug up as you know what when it comes to his contract coming up and he's going to see see uh, Rantanen making ten million bucks?
0: Yeah. I think
1: he will. No, oh
0: yeah, no, I totally think so. I absolutely agree.
1: But it's going to happen. It happens
2: every team in every league and every sport that situation happens all the time and you can't worry about it
0: no you really can't I mean it's just it's just the reality of it I mean unfortunately and i i don't i think that I feel like Colorado has a you know like they have the cap space they have a great general manager who's gonna get this thing done uh I don't you know you wonder you have do have to wonder when stuff stuff like this doesn't make. The Avalanche happy, obviously, because the Avalanche are selling tickets, and we've talked about right. the fact that the Avalanche are a team that has to sell tickets. They, yep. they're not a guaranteed sellout. Just so, even
2: preseason, like we said, if you know Randall's yeah. not going to be there, what's the likelihood if you were going to just sort of walk up and buy a ticket to go just for the heck of it?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's no reason. I mean, I mean we can't preseason's already tough you enough as you it is. Know. You yeah,
2: see, you want to see your best.
0: Totally agree. Totally agree. Um. There's so the others the other stories I had today so far were trade rumors and I and it, there was a lot of talk when I was on the phone today with our with with different people in and agents and like that about RFA's and I'll get to some of that but in my uh, in my afternoon blog there's a lot to, there's there's just a lot of moving parts with the RFA's right now and I do feel like we'll get somewhere by Friday but I don't think I think the beginning of this week is going to be slow but I think by the end of the week I really feel like we're going to get I feel like we're I feel like we're going my prediction is we're going to have at least somebody. Well, these big guys sign, like whether it's Brock Besser or Matthew Kachuk, it might, it might be this second tier, you know, obviously Travis connect Like it might be that second tier. but We're going to have a couple of these guys.
1: Well, you got to realize what the dynamic is right now in the league. And you can see this with like, uh, obviously with teams like Toronto that I follow more closely these players are now starting to assemble in their respective cities. Like, you know, Rasmus Sand in the Leafs' first-round pick, who has a possible good chance of making the team. He just left Sweden. He's going to Toronto. A lot of the players are practicing informally without the team in at the practice facility in Toronto. The same thing's happening in Buffalo. The same thing's happening in Boston, et cetera, et cetera. So all these players are starting to get together. And when that happens, and a player like Marner or Besser or McAvoy – they're not signed more than likely they're not practicing with these players. And when that's happening, you're sort of missing out on the team epic yeah. team dynamic. And yeah. that's where the, that's I think where the teams are, they're like hoping that they they're missing out on that and using that as leverage to get them to, to sign a contract. So I think that that's part of, you know, maybe things will start to move at the end of the week, like you said, but I, you know, the, there that that's the situation. And, I mean, I know for a fact that the, the Marner thing, even though there's a lot of stuff popping up over the last week or so about you know when it's going to happen. Steve Simmons wrote something yesterday that the, the, the Leafs are still looking at trying to get Jake Gardner back and, and Marner at the same time. And That's true. Yeah, it's true, but it's impossible. And he, even he said it's impossible because the only way that that will happen is if they trade – a guy like Andreas Janssen or or a guy like Casper Kapanen, and you're essentially trading them to dump their salary for a defenseman who is flawed. So, yeah. I, you know that that that's that's the problem. And it, it, so, I mean, we'll we'll track that, we'll follow that, but I don't think it's realistic.
0: Yeah, no, I, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's realistic. I think that that's what I, I definitely we've talked about last week. You know, I real I do think that. There are people in Gardner's camp who believe that that could happen.
1: Well, and and you know, Barticus Barticus one in the chat says trade Cody CC. It's like, yeah, easier said than done. Can you find a team? Remember, the Leafs took Cody CC because they traded five years of Nikita Zaitsev. Right. That was the that was the reason that they took him. Are there many teams that would take Cody CC at four and a half million bucks? I don't think so. They no. Probably no. They would probably want Toronto to take something back, and the whole purpose of trading him would be to clear his salary so you could sign Gardner, and that's right. the difficulty. Right.
0: No, no question about it. A couple trade rumors here to get to
1: yeah.
0: um the Oilers and the Rangers. You know, I if there's a team that's gonna make a lot of moves before the season starts, I think we still have to we still have to look at at the Oilers um with what Ken Holland what Ken Holland's doing there. I don't I don't think we have any idea of what that team's gonna be yet. Well, I mean, I think Pujarvi is going to be gone for sure, and that's going to that's going to bring in something.
1: Russ and I were talking about, talking about this, uh, and the thing is, if you look at what the Oilers have done, it's not much. They not really, yet. They really they, they okay. They made the, they made the Lucic from Neil deal. They swap they swapped bad contracts and guys needing yep. new situations. They added uh, you know Thomas Yurko and Josh Archibald, which are not impact moves. Um, you know, they added Mike Smith as as the disaster backup for Koskinen. Other than that, they didn't and they bought they bought out Sakara. They didn't do anything. Well,
2: and then the other thing you told me and and it's being echoed online is that Connor McDavid is hoping to make it on time on training camp. So, Ek, he may not even be 100%. So, say yeah. whatever you want about this team, but even their best player we don't know about yet.
1: Yeah, no, I yeah, mean, I moving Pooley-Arvey makes all the sense in the world because he's clearly not going to play for the Oilers again. He says he's not. He says he wants to move, but
0: he's got value still. He's got value, um,
1: still, and then they, they can they can get something for him. Yeah. But you know, in terms of them going out and adding, they don't have a lot of cap space, and I don't. Know if Holland and he's never going to admit this publicly. I don't know if he believes that this team is one addition or two additions away from being a playoff team. They, they are they're more likely to finish last in the West than they are to finish in a wild card. I truly believe that.
0: I don't just I don't I don't agree with that at all. But you know, that's, I, know I know, but and that's fine. You know, I, I think that I mean. So this the trade this trade rumor that is going around it would would bring Chris Kreider to the to the oilers um for pre rv um you know from can the rangers
2: that? what was that can they afford that
0: i don't know i mean like the, and that you know that's obviously the first question that i had as well but yeah. you know but like those are the things that you, i don't question in these situations when i'm being told because uh, you know yeah. the, if yeah. i ever if i say can they afford that they're like i don't know that's just what they're trying to do oh, you know right. so <laughs> so the source will tell me I'm like, okay,
1: according, according so we
0: don't know how they would do it, but maybe maybe he allen has a way. um maybe he has some kind of concept of how he could do it. They also have actually talked about um D'Angelo, um you know South Jersey's finest. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anthony D'Angelo, who's um who is still is one of the kind of like under rate under talked about RFAs out there still like, he's uh-huh. still not signed by the Rangers, um although the Rangers, I think are penciling him in to be one of their top six
1: according to Cap Friendly, the, the Oilers have 2.4 million in cap space. But right. they have guys like Sam Gagne making th- over three million bucks. Right. That they they probably could get a team to take them off of his hands and pay them to take them off their hands. Right. Um yeah, it so, conceivable they could but but the problem, but, but the problem here is is you're trading for Kreider who's got a year left in his contract. You would have to find out beforehand whether he is amenable to a going to Edmonton and B re-signing with them. Otherwise, it makes no sense.
0: Now, if you've got two years out of Chris Kreider, okay. He's if only got a
1: not- few left. Uh, okay. This is his last year. If
0: you get one year out of Chris Kreider, I do agree that you'd wanna you'd wanna know beforehand. You'd want to definitely try. Right. Or you'd wanna try to convince them to go there. Right. Um because, you know if, if he if you bring him in there and he's playing with some if he play, if he ends up somehow playing with skilled players and is putting up some big numbers he might be at people you know might not be the worst thing to go for him
1: well, but, no, I mean okay if but but does Edmonton make the deal? If he says, "Well, I'll talk about that in the summer," I, if I if I'm Hollid and I can't get a guarantee out of Kreider that I, I'm going to resign there, I'm not making the deal. I'm not giving up Puliyarvi, who could be a good player someplace well, else. That, and that
0: kind of thinking is logical, and the kind of thinking also that has gotten the Oilers in trouble over the years. Because the reality here is that Kreider is the kind of player that they need to bring into that room. That they, they need leaders. They need guys who can actually, you know who actually are accountable, who are a little bit older, who have a little bit of experience, who've been around the block a little bit right? and can teach these guys, and even if they get a year out of it, to teach these, teach some of these kids how to play. Because they the, the issue with the Oilers is they always do – they well, really have gotten in trouble. When you look at the things, the moves they've made, they've gotten in trouble by making the yeah. most logical move they could make, with the exception well, of the Taylor Hall trade.
1: Well, I, I agree with everything you just said in terms of that's the type of player that they need, but that's when they get in trouble because that's what they did when they justified signing Andrew Ferrand. He's a leader. The problem was he wasn't a good player anymore.
0: No, now, no, but we Kreider's know, still we know, a good we player. know,
1: Kreider, we know Kreider's is a good
0: player. He's still but a good the, player, and you get a good year out of him. And
1: right, but but the, but the I problem is that you're giving up. You're giving up a lot. To I don't. know
0: How much are you giving games? up? We know PRB's involved. How much are we? But PRB right,
1: Here's the elephant in
2: the room. The elephant in the room on this one is if Kreider gets traded, he'll be stunned. And there's, I would tell you, almost no chance that he would ever extend with this team in season he will definitely go to free agency and then look if the oilers give him the best offer he might go back there but i'm telling you there's no way he's going to extend on a trade if he gets traded from the rangers because i think he'll be stunned
1: right yeah. and, and if that's the if that's the case then i don't see holland i mean i i, I see what you're saying I, I mean this is a guy pullearvi who's never gonna play for the oilers again so how much value does he right. have well, right. the, the problem is you're wanting, you're wanting to maximize your value for that guy and getting a one year rental of Chris Kreider that you probably end up flipping at the deadline is not value, not good value for him.
0: Uh, the, maximizing your value for him is, is such a relative and vague term because honestly, you know, yeah, I mean, the, the reality is no one knows what PRV is about. There's a big, there's a big feeling that he's not an NHL. There's, there's a lot of people who think he's not ever going to be an NHL player. There's a lot of people who think you know he's going to be a big flop that he just that he doesn't have the head for this game at right. this level. Well, um, you're, you're, that's you're, the case, so who's going to give you anything of value for that? You know, well, I mean, a player sure. who's demanding to be traded from a team that desperately needs offense. He I'm can't. sure.
1: I'm sure there are teams out there that believe what you just said, and I'm sure there are teams out there who believe the opposite. Who believe he could be a really good player. And you talk to those teams, and you avoid the ones that think he's a bust. I mean, yeah, but crazy. but but, but you
0: know, but a lot of people when I ask about Pierre Arbery, a lot of say, you know, he couldn't find time in the Edmonton Oilers lineup, a lineup that couldn't score at all beyond so, Connor I'm McDavid fine and Dreisaitl
2: with coaches that didn't want to – take the
1: time to work with him either. And it, behoo- and, it be- and it behooves people in the NHL who say things like that to say that because they're driving down his value so they can get him from next to nothing. That's and the mean, way it works. When I saw him in games, Zach, he
2: would come out of the gate really good in a game and then he would start losing ice time yeah. as it went on. And yeah.
0: so. No, I agree. You know, I, I, I don't think he's without he talent, playing, but, but there comes a point, you know, like it, it, it I mean, I, I wouldn't give him the benefit of the doubt as well, but there's a lot of situations, a lot of little things, you know, like Columbus passing on him back in the draft, which with, you know, Columbus being very well aware of finished players, there's a lot of things that these things continue on with a guy's reputation, right or wrong, sure. they continue on. And, uh, mean, you know, that's... that's just of, this
2: guy's 25. He's 21 years old.
0: Well, I know. I can, I, I'm just re- relaying what people... How people
2: Right, let me break it down this way, and then I'm done with the mm-hmm. Oilers. I really am. If, if Valerie Nish- if Nikushkin is getting another chance, yeah. certainly you will give another chance to Jesse Poyarvi somewhere. Yes, right.
0: Somebody will give another chance. And the question is, for how much will they give another chance for? Like, if they were trying to trade Valerie Nikushkin right now, you know, that would be, they're not, they're not, they right?
1: Especially to- him making over $2 bucks on the last contract. But
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. If- so but we will move on. Mike Hoffman. Um, another player that's out there in the rumor mill was rumored to the Oilers as well. True. Um, the flyers also were rumored were involved now. Um, this morning, an unbelievable amount of people are telling me that Chicago Blackhawks are interested in Mike Hoffman. (laughs) I mean, at least five people now. So, you know, the Blackhawks and Mike Hoffman, I'm very curious as to what this would be about, you know, where they would, where they would go with this.
1: Um, Uh, Can I, can I throw out a theory? name is Brandon sod. That would be the theory because yeah. Hoff, Hoffman has got a year left in his contract, I believe. Saad has a year left at six million bucks. sod has not worked since he went back there in the Panarin deal.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, actually, Sod has two years at six million, which is around what 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 Hoffman is. Uh, Hoffman's, I think, a little over five, so it's not like ridiculous, but it's Quenville there. And maybe there's a maybe there's a you know he believes that there's something left in sod. And we know that Hoffman is probably gonna test free agency next year. So if there is a belief that sod fits in what uh the Panthers are doing and what Quenville is doing there, then I could see something like that happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that I think that's probably a good name. I think that does make make some sense. I, I think Hoffman
1: and, and I, I agree with Funky Cold Zadina. He yeah. said, I'd rather have Hoffman than Saad. I mean, there's a lot of question marks with Saad. He's, you know, I, I believe he's what 27 or 28, Russ. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he had a bad year last year.
2: He's coach thinking I can get something out of Saad again and whatever. right. You
1: know. Right, and you know, Hoffman coming off of that that circus that was in Ottawa. You know, he got a fresh start. He scored a ton of goals in, in Florida, but. Goal scoring was not the problem with Florida, it was playing defense, and maybe they believe that you know, Sod would be a better fit, maybe as a better two way guy. And you got him, yeah. well, he's, a better three- two-way guy, but-
0: he's 26, by the way, right inside, Saad-
1: but it doesn't matter,
2: his speed has declined over the last few years. So, like with him, age isn't the factor, it's the speed,
0: right? Yeah, I can see that. Um, I mean, yeah, so he's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm a big Hoffman fan. If I had a team and I and Hoffman was available, I'd be I'd be jumping on it. I'd be finding a way he because did. honestly, he's I think he's a much better player than people give him credit for. I'm really surprised that the Panthers aren't trying to find a way to just. He's keep a
2: borderline all-star
0: every year. I mean, he really is. He's really he is that good,
1: right? But since we haven't really heard anything about the Panthers trying to get him extended, and he's got and he's got a year left in his contract, that that tells me that. You know, either he wants to go free agent or they don't want to invest the money that they would need to for a good goal scorer like like he is to yeah. long term. So if that's the case and he's and he's, a, and he's yeah. basically a one year rental, then getting somebody who fits what the who knows the coach and the coach knows probably would make would make sense. You know? yeah. I
2: mean, one thing I'll give Son credit yeah. for is. Like, of, of his 47 points last year, a lot of them were at even strength. But I just felt like Chicago was a very freewheeling team last year. Yeah. And didn't care much about defense. So, I think that's why he was able to get those points. The year before, he had 35, and that was coming off his 50-point years after that. I think you're looking more of, of, like, the 35 if it's a defensively responsible
1: team. And, and here's here's another thing that would be an, a factor for for Chicago in this. Uh, Strom and DeBrinkit's contract are up after this year. If you made this deal, and I'm sure it probably would take more than just sod for Hoffman. Probably, you know, it probably it'd be at the. I don't know. It's probably else. about right. It's probably about right. Um, they're clearing six million dollars on next year's cap, and they need every cent. And that was one of the main reasons why they made the deal. Uh, they they made the one deal that they made with uh, with Ottawa for Zach Zach Smith because it cleared cap space. It cleared not money. It cleared cap space. And they, they, they want to sign DeBrinket, and they know that DeBrinket's going to be asking for a lot. Uh, and so and so will Strom if he has another good year.
0: Yeah. That's a good uh, point. Um, I wanted to touch base with um, Joe in the chat room, and a couple people have asked me this because I wrote about it on Sunday.
1: Mm-hmm. And that is
0: the Islanders' continued interest in Patrick Line. And what I keep hearing about the Islanders trying to put together a trade, not an offer sheet, but a trade to mm-hmm. acquire Patrick Laine. Um
1: That I can but- believe.
0: And yeah, I, I think there's something big. I think there's something to it, and I, I really, it'd be, it'd be very, it would be really interesting to think of and to imagine for a second, you know, what they'd have to give up to get Patrick Liney, which is, which I've kind of well, been all, all over the map. I haven't really gotten any great names. What do you, what would you guys, what do
1: you guys? Think? Well, and we, I, mean, I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when it popped up, and this is the thing, based on losing Truba. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that they would need to get a defenseman, but I don't think they would want Letty because Letty makes too much money. Pulak would make sense. Uh, best case scenario.
0: I've I've talked to them about Letty and I just, not interrupt you, but they actually do want Letty. Um, and. Money
1: wise, it's going to be tough for them.
0: Money wise, it will, it's, it's not as tough as it would be, you know, for line A. I mean, they do have a lot of space still. And they do have, and they do, they are a team that considers themselves one of a, like a, an actual Stanley Cup contender. And if that's right. the case, you need to bring in some experienced defenders to right. help you. And that's where Letty comes in to play. You know, no, I think that I, I, he helps them.
1: I think the Islanders would or would have to give up another young player in this deal because we're talking about a 21 year old, 22 year old line A. And Letty's, I believe, 29 or 30, Russ. He's clearly. Yeah. If he's not 30, he's very close to it. So, I, you know, you're talking about a Del Cole, a Hosang, a Wallstrom. No, I, think be I
2: think it's better than that. I think it would be like Levy, Wallstrom, Wallstrom. And, and probably Bevolier. I think that's what you'd be looking
0: at. Right. Also an RFA, right, Bevolier? Yeah. No,
2: no, he signed. Oh, he he did. signed.
0: Okay. Okay. But, okay.
1: yeah, he would be like those three.
0: But that's, a ma- that's, a
1: that's a massive deal. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's a massive deal, but he does have Stanley Cup experience. It does bring the Islanders a star no
1: is and I still found an RFA I'm sorry with that I'll tell you this though yeah. I already think the metro
2: is one of the toughest divisions in hockey if somehow Patrick Laine,
0: I know can you imagine
2: it, <laughs> this metro division then becomes
0: <laughs>
2: impossible
0: this metro division is insane and and it's start it's it, actually when you look at it the eastern conference in general yeah is is really trending upward I mean it, it yeah. there's there's no two ways about it like you know the North, the Atlantic division, which has long been like, okay, maybe three teams, maybe four teams get in there, but you, I mean, three teams have to get in there. There's, there's more than three good teams in the Atlantic. In Atlantic so it's not like that's going to be something that's going to be easy at this point.
1: Well, I want, I wanted to touch on the, cause somebody was asking about the Detroit Buffalo stuff, but let me, let's get to a couple things that have happened since we let were last on uh, one was the signing of Patrick Maroon to a one-year contract with Tampa yep. Bay. Um, to me, and I, uh, I, I, this is a, a no-risk, no-lose for Tampa. $900,000, if he can't play in the league anymore, they, they can bury him in the American Hockey League, but I don't think that's the case. I, I said this to Russ. I think this is the Ryan Callahan replacement. He's not as good as Callahan, but he's sandpaper you know, probably he's better
0: than Callahan now. I mean,
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. When Callahan yeah. was Callahan, the Maroon was not anywhere, like
0: Callahan was best, yeah.
1: right? So, I mean, I, I, I don't blame uh for doing this, but I, I don't know if it's Russ, I don't think it's gonna make it a big bit of difference.
2: I mean, it'll make a marginal difference. I mean, he's, a, he's an okay player, he might help him in the playoffs. I just think, again, for a guy that won the cup, he really didn't get much return on a on, on a raise for himself and Do you
0: think that the blues wouldn't have given him this contract like I don't understand this.
1: Well he, wanted, he two years or more with the blues.
0: But why like why can he go to his Tampa for one year? Because he
1: wants right. to win he wants to win another Stanley Cup. That's what I mean everybody's but going your to every
0: team just Tampa. won the Stanley Cup. Why
1: would you like yeah, everybody, <laughs> right everybody well everybody I well okay he just won his first Stanley Cup. He won it with his hometown team he wanted he wanted more money yeah, and he, all
0: the why this bothers me. This whole hometown team thing, because we did it. We wrote all these stories and all this stuff about him and his kid and all this crazy. I it's like, I mean, could not he have played one year for nine hundred thousand dollars for St. Louis?
1: Do yeah. we know that St. Louis was offering him that?
0: Well, I don't know, you know, but
1: offer, you can't offer a player much lower, Mike.
0: Yeah, so, you really can't. Right. And and Maroon was not, you know, inconsequential. Well, I mean, I
2: agree. But but as I was pointing out, as the cup went on he became more inconsequential. And I think ultimately that's why he didn't get the offer he wanted from them and probably why he felt like he wanted to leave because I think – because he did a lot in the regular season. He did. Yeah. He did a lot early in the playoffs and through the playoffs for a little while, and then it sort of died off. Sort Although yeah, they they, they
1: they tried to trade him at the trade deadline. They weren't right. successful, and then in the playoffs, he he stepped up and played much more physical and was was I think effective for them in the first couple rounds at least. But I thought against
0: Boston, when they put him on the ice, he was really good too. Right. Like I'm thinking they're not playing this guy enough in the but
1: but but funky cold Zadina uh, just Man. said what I was going to say. They they have young players Thomas Kyrou. Fabry, who has who has been injured last few years, Clem Costin. They've got good young forwards. And they probably said, okay, this is where we can save a little money. Um and bring one of the young guys up. And we know that Maroon, even if he signs here, is going to be a one-year thing. For from his point of view, yes, he just won a cup, but he, you know, he wants maybe he wants more than one. And in Tampa Bay is going to be the odds-on favorite to win the cup.
2: But just I think, mean, he's uh,
1: hold on. Last year. He made one point
2: seven five the year before, for three years, he made two million apiece. He wins the cup and his value went down.
0: Yeah. Right. His value went down. And that money. is kind of that's just crazy. And also along the lines of the fact, okay, I really felt like he was sincere about his his wanting to play in St. Louis and his wanting to play there with his family.
1: And that's and that's why and that's why I, I questioned whether St. Louis wanted him back because so this
0: tells you that the blues. Probably, like you're probably right. The Blues probably offered him nothing. They probably said, "We're not bringing you back." There's no way. So, if that because nine hundred thousand dollars is just is essentially nothing. um And if if the Blues can't find nine hundred thousand dollars for this guy, who was a big part of their Stanley Cup run and their and their team, I mean, it is interesting because it's kind of the opposite of what usually happens. You know, like guys usually get overpaid when the team wins the Stanley Cup.
2: He got halved almost.
0: He got halved and then just cut out completely. Yeah. Eventually, by you know and I thought he was valuable and and I felt like he was part of the whole dynamic. And in the locker room, he seemed very, very important to that team.
1: And and the blue, the blues have less than $2 million in cash space right now. So sure. But I don't know. And now the, the other, the other, uh, you know, Gabriel Bork sending one year two way deal with Winnipeg is not very consequential. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, But we have to, we sort of buried the lead here. the, Suspension of Evgeny Kuznetsov for four years, internationally. For, you know, first of all, here's a here's a clue to uh, Evgeny. When you get a picture taken in a hotel room, I believe it was with white powder on the table, and you say, "Well, I didn't do anything. I didn't. I didn't take. I didn't take cocaine." Yeah, it would be good to to actually not have taken cocaine because you were going to get tested. And if, he wore, if you were, if you were te- if you were tested, you were going to test positive. So this is the ultimate in stupidity from an ego from, from Kuznetsov. And now f- the, apparently from the reporting here, since it wasn't a test that the uh, NHL and the NHL PA or the NHL can use, he's not going to, he's probably not going to get suspended from NHL games, but he won't yeah, play for Russia in the Olympics and he won't play for Russia internationally. And you know, he's going to be proud or probably part of the substance abuse program for the NHL and the PA. But really this is just stupidity on Kuznetsov's part.
2: Well, that's what it is. I mean, he gets off on a technicality, but now he can't play for his team in the Olympics. That's really bad. Cause you know, those guys die for that. They want to do that. So yeah, this is just stupidity. You're right.
0: I mean, it, it is. And also, you know, it's if you're doing coke and stuff like that, um, I've had people who have been, you know, in substance abuse issues. It's not his way. His problems are way bigger than being suspended, honestly. Oh, sure. Oh, you know? sure. And he's got to figure out like, you know, and, and yeah, you know, if, if he's not going to and they're going to test him in the NHL, you can be sure of that. And if he and, you know, he's got to be able to stop doing this, which is not going to be easy. So. You know, quitting, quitting—that kind of stuff—is very tricky. So he's going to be tested, and you know, I—I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him in the NHL for like a, a while. Like, I think that. even no, I,
1: I don't. I don't think he's going to be suspended at all in the NHL. I don't think
0: he's going to be suspended, but I think what I think what you'll end up seeing is you'll end up seeing him go and enter some kind of substance abuse program situation
1: now. So, and he may
2: have been in it for a month or so. We don't really know the time. Yeah. So he might be in time. But you're right. I mean, we do wish him well in his recovery. Uh it's dumb, but yeah, if you have an addiction, I guess a right. lot of dumb things right. happen then.
1: No, uh, yeah, uh, and I think uh, that's the I'm... reality.
0: Is I mean, he's he's got a, he's got a problem. There are other there are way more people in the NHL that have drug issues right. than are known, um, right. which is typical. Like we know that, like there's a lot of there's a lot of issues that the NHL sweeps under the rug. Yes. Um, well, and...
2: is, all right. So they're not sweeping it under the rug. It's it, it in their minds, it's not a performance enhancer, well, so they, they leave should... it alone. Look, the NBA doesn't test for marijuana. I right. mean, so. Which they leaks,
0: shouldn't. I mean, honestly. You know, there
2: are
1: leaks that look at certain things and say, well, okay, this is. <laughs> marijuana
0: where- is not, it doesn't enhance. But, the yet, game. But
1: yet the NFL does, and they suspend people for marijuana. Right.
0: Which brings me to a little bit of a quick story along the lines of this. Um, and that is the, I don't know if you saw the Darren McCartney story, but um, yeah. that Darren McCartney has joined, um, joined up with a marijuana company. Um to to help, you know, as as like as part owner with it. Um, and saying, you know, that Potts saved his life and that McCarty is like, this is a big deal. And and what's really interesting about this to me is I think the biggest problem in the NHL and all of sports, I mean I don't cover the other sports, so I don't know them as well. But the covered in the NHL, one of the biggest problems that's not being looked at is the opioid is the opioid situation in the NHL, which I think is enormous. Um and then we saw it with Mike Richards, whatever, but I think there's that's like that's such a tip of the iceberg that it's not even and it's because I think because these team doctors prescribe these pain medications to these players all the time and and gets them through the game, gets them through this. And you can't take pain medication on a regular basis without getting addicted to it. It's just not possible. So what happens is this addiction issue goes on and on. And this is where I think marijuana really could help with the, with, you know, and the, the biggest, I, I mean, I've, I was reading a story on this. I have a friend who went through this with their kid. The biggest issue biggest the biggest way to to cure the opioid crisis is to legalize marijuana i really do believe that because there there,
2: there that is one addiction for another though
0: but it's but it's but it's a different kind of addiction and and it's it's not as it's not nearly as dangerous um it's not nearly as you know it's much harder to overdose on marijuana than it is opioids it's like there's you know so and there is there are pain issues that marijuana can help with and And these, these, these guys are in pain, you know, they are in pain and and you can understand why they need the pain medication. And you can't, the difference I think is that with opioids, you can play with it. Where I think with marijuana, it you're in pain, it's going to, it's hard to play.
1: play Right. But but it's not necessary. I mean, with, with, it's CPD, uh, which uh, you, you can use that and not have to smoke pot. You know, there are you can get i mean i know i know friends of oh, mine who know, right, right
0: but that's it's well they're different you know and different things i mean because right. there's a lot of like in pennsylvania now and a lot of places well a lot of places in, in the united states it's legal these things are legal anyway you know so i i'm but you know and there are there's there's you know without the high the you know i don't know the, all the terms but you know the cb cb cbd, uh, CBD. CBD right okay which doesn't yeah, give you high it, 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 it doesn't,
1: the, it doesn't have the GHB part of the part of marijuana where you know you get the high effect, but you get the pain and the appetite uh, um, generation that goes along with marijuana. So I mean, it, you know, I I don't know all the science on it. All I know is that I I get the feeling like that smoking marijuana for the for the pain aspect of it that a lot of people are, you know, I freely admit that that's the case, but it, it, like in the NBA, you can't tell me it's not cultural. It's, it's not something that, you know, it, it's a cult, it's a culture in the NBA. It's not so, not as much in the NHL.
0: It will be because I mean, Pod's legal in uh, Canada, so it's going to be cultural in, in the NHL eventually.
1: There's a few things here.
2: THC. I'm all for, I've seen good results from that. That's one thing, right? The article doesn't say CBD. It's talking about pot.
0: No, yeah, the article is about pot. No question. Let's
2: talk about pot for a minute because now I get McCarty saying, look, I'm not an alcoholic anymore. I'm not on pills. I'm not smoking cigarettes. I'm not doing this. I'm just smoking marijuana. So uh, on the scale, it is the least of all that. But you still have to be responsible. You can't drive under the influence. It still can give you lung cancer. Anything you put in your lungs, any air in any – Anything you put in your lungs. Yeah, you no,
0: know. you're right. You're absolutely right. And there's ways to do it without, without smoking. I mean, that's, that, that I think is the key. Like, you know.
2: And, and I mean, other outlets need to stop using the word weed too. Because, oh, no question. You know, it, it, that also I mean,
0: gives, yeah, gives a whole I agree
2: with that. connotation.
0: It does. And th I mean, THC does not have to be smoked to be taken. There's different ways you can do it. And that'll, I mean, I've never done it myself. Honestly, you know, that's just me. But, but I have no I have no I've worked in the music industry, I have no problem with people who do it themselves at all. But um there's no and it doesn't work. Someone brought it in the chat room, it doesn't work as well as opioids for pain management. That's 100 percent true from people I've talked to, but it but it's some but it's something, you know, that work that can at least help you get through the worst of the pains. And it's not going to, you know, where opioids can mask the pain and make you feel like you're fine. And make you feel like and you know, and then you can go out and play hockey on them on them and everything like that and perform just as well. And that's not considered a banned substance. To me, this, these issues are if you're in pain, you shouldn't be playing anyway. You should be getting better, and you, you shouldn't be and but teams are gonna force these guys to play, you know. Right. I
2: think that's yeah, so here's where I have a problem with the line.
0: Okay, like
2: you know, we saw a quote the other day from Mike Tyson saying he's smoking forty thousand dollars of weed a month. If if that's true, if he's smoking that much marijuana. Uh, he has an addiction and there is, you look online, there is such a thing as a marijuana addiction. And so then, uh, you know, trading one addiction for the other, isn't a long-term solution. It's just a short-term solution. And I, I wouldn't see, I, I wouldn't say that this is the greatest thing in the world. I would just say, yes, it's helping the guy, but he still has to have a longer term plan of probably being clean altogether, or it's still going to be a problem for him.
0: Yeah. No, I, I don't I, I don't think that trading one addiction for the other is the answer either. I just think that opioids are just a way more dangerous thing. It's like you know, there's no question. And heroin's way more d- dangerous than opioids. Opioids, you know what I mean? But th- there's levels of things, and to me, you know, it's harder to get off a heroin addiction than it is an opioid addiction. But it's harder it's harder to get off an opioid addiction than it is an than it is a marijuana or THC yeah. addiction. So to me, like, let's find the least dangerous, least addictive way to help players who are in pain because they do need some help because they are in awful pain but it doesn't have to be something that's so good at helping them with pain that they can play and that's 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 where opioids are coming into play i think opioids are helping them with pain enough that they actually go out and play
2: yeah i hear you
0: you know that to me is um yeah that and someone jerk baltio says the physical addiction to opioids is on another level than pot and that is 100 true i've seen so people I've, I've seen people come out of opioid addictions and i've been i've even hung out um like an entire weekend with somebody coming out of it. It's it's horrible. And you know, you do when you see if you've ever hung out with somebody like that, you'll never be involved with this, you know? Yeah. So no. no I think I think that sports are enormously ignoring this issue. I think that it's like it's just crazy and because teams are you know it's all about money and getting guys out there and playing and it's that doesn't take any of the fact these guys have to get off this stuff eventually. It just bothers me.
1: Now the uh, to getting back to the rumors, I know that you had mentioned over, on the weekend, uh, Ristolainen and, and uh, the Detroit Red Wings, yep. and this is—I mean—I know that it had been floated. I think closer to the draft, I think I heard it uh, back then uh, regarding Anthony Mantha, and but the thing—the thing the is—is thing is that. And I know that Mantha had some injury problems earlier in his career, but he's starting to really come to the forefront in terms of being a consistent goal scorer, yeah. big, uh, big sort of big power forward type of winger. The Detroit Red Wings are not really deep in scoring. You know, you've got Larkin, you've got, yeah. Mantha. I think Mantha is probably their best, second best scorer right now. He's young. You know, you've got Valeno and you've got Zadina on the, on the you know, Tyler Bertuzzi and who I'm sorry, who is it? See you. See you. Um, but and defensively, I think they're close to being inept and they're definitely old. Um, so I can see you know the benefits of this, but I, I don't know. I, I I I'm a little skeptical. And I think I think the Sabres would do it in about two seconds, Zach.
0: yeah. And I think they would. I mean, the thing that I was told is that Iserman is very big into building his defense and really doesn't see that happening in Detroit right now. And and that and you know obviously they have a they have a ton of guys retiring. They have a ton of young they've done guys coming in. Um and they have some good young talent coming in. But you know he will look at the value of Wristlin and over the value of Mantha, which is it's hard, it's hard to sit there and say, you know, okay, and he's he's played on the Sabres, has struggled at times, looks really good at times. But you know, has to, it is a young defenseman seriously still has has a long way to come into his own?
2: Yeah, I would just draft it. I mean, they're going to take just as long drafting it, and I would hold on to Mantha because yeah. at the end of the day, Ristolainen's not putting you over the top. And by the time the other guys are ready, where's his career going to be? Either so, I, I just wouldn't do it.
0: Let's go to the showcase real quick because we got it running out of time here. Um, I want yeah. to talk. Russ has a couple things to. to yeah, one of the
2: things. So, hmm? I, the NHL Network was taping a show and. And I was in like the penalty box where I was taping a lot of interviews. And so for a little while, I had I got the chance to really watch some top talent, like shoot the puck basically at me. And, right. and I would sometimes move to the side and sometimes I wouldn't bother. I got to see Jack Hughes um, just really up close. You couldn't get any closer mm-hmm. how fast his hands are. And I have to say, other than Connor McDavid, they're the second fastest hands I've seen of any draft pick. Wow. My entire career. Wow. I don't even know if it's close. You could bring up Matthews, you could bring up a lot of guys, but I'm telling you, the the speed in his hands, I don't think you could do justice just by watching him on television. And I mm-hmm. was really within like you know 30 feet of him. And wow. so that was one thing. Some guys have some great shots, like Jason Robertson's got a, a real bomb of a shot. So does Fabro. But the guy who I felt shot the hardest was actually Dylan Cousins. And really? yeah, he. I'm telling you, when he was was he was blistering it like so. He put on a little bit of muscle, but he was really blistering the puck. Like he's got a yeah. shot, and
1: that's and that's good news for the Sabers because remember, during their rookie turn rookie uh, development camp in late June or early July, he broke his thumb. Right, you so, would never know it. Yeah, so him being back and being able to shoot like that means that his thumb is either close to or at 100%. And I'll probably be seeing him at the rookie tournament that the Sabres are putting on in early September. And I know uh, the other one that uh, you had some interaction with, uh, Russ, was Pe- uh, Uka Pekalukunen, their, their goaltender.
2: Yeah, we talked about Finnish baseball. And, and that was actually – so with Pekalukunen, it was interesting because the Buffalo Sabres didn't let Pekalukunen talk to the media the other day when he was on the ice. I guess he was just unofficially skating – and so he didn't talk to the media because he was coming off an injury. And he talked to the media yesterday because he was at a public event. Yeah. And so we all, you know, interviewed him. I didn't necessarily interview him about the injury, but he looked good. I saw him doing goalie movements. I saw him shooting the puck. Um, I have some videos up on Instagram. But, you know, he he, he looks fine. I, I, if you're a Sabres fan, I wouldn't worry about Uka at all. I think he'll be fine. The other, the other fun thing was um, there was another room where Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes were just firing the puck, and they were just videoing it at high speed and trying to also shoot it at high speed. It was sort of like in the dark a little bit, and we were right at the glass. And you could go to my Instagram and see the, how the puck is coming right at you. It's unbelievable the reflexes on both these guys where they could just fire it off one after the other after the other after the other, not get tired, not take a – you know, it's just –
1: these
0: two guys are really special. That's great training, obviously.
1: We'll great. take a couple quick questions in the chat before we end. and I, just, I, I need to answer this because uh, Mike in the chat said, can Casey Middlestad do a pull-up yet? Apparently, Middlestad in the offseason has been working with former Sabre Eric Rasmussen, and I saw a picture of him. He looks like he could do more than one pull-up, so I don't think that's going to be a consideration. In, in- well, I think the biggest thing people need to get off of with that is – He admitted to me and then to others, he never worked
2: out in a gym.
1: He just played hockey his whole life. Right? Give him a break. Seriously. Um, Joe Morello in the chat, any news on how Capo is is doing? Is he a lock to make the Rangers, Russ?
2: Yes, he's a lock to make the Rangers. It's not even a question. He will make the team. He will probably be one of the seven
1: guys that I think all have a chance to win the call. Was he
0: at the rookie showcase or no? He was not. Okay.
1: Um, Barticus asks, Is anybody talking to Marlowe from San Jose? Does he retire if the sharks don't bite? I saw something and I don't know what there was anything to it, I but there spun, was,
0: by the way, Barticus, nice,
1: actually. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that there was something about, about the Oilers having interest in Marlowe. I don't think he would move his family back to Northern California if Not he was going to Alberta. Um, so I, I don't think that I, I'd be surprised if that ha- held any water.
0: He'll be invited, I... he would be involved in San Jose in some way, shape, or form. I believe um He's gonna play for them this year. He's I think a- he'll probably play for them, but if he doesn't play for them, he will do something else with the San Jose Sharks. Well,
1: so. I mean this this smacks to me up. I mean, if if Thornton had signed already and they hadn't signed Marlowe, that you know I would I would think that they weren't interested. But to the fact that Thornton hasn't signed, they want to make a press event, they want to sign both of uh, them the same day. One I, one I can they're gonna have lunch, they're gonna sign the same exact
2: contract.
0: And they also probably, they also, they also may be trying to do something else too, which is like, and sometimes when you, when you, you know, there's no reason for them to sign those guys yet. If they're trying to make a trade or a small little move. Right. Yeah. Those guys, those guys aren't going anywhere. And they probably said, sit back. Wait till, we, wait till we, wait till we try to like, you know, I don't know, whatever we're going to do. Maybe yeah. they're, maybe they're trying to Maybe they're trying to sign Gardner or something like that. That could be something that could happen.
1: Uh, Cameron Young, how fast do you think Bill Guerin can turn around the Minnesota wild? First thing I would tell Cam is, you got to do better on your spelling because now that we're
2: showing this on YouTube, unfortunately, we have to show the misspell. But I do think he's going to have a pretty quick impact because he understands hockey culture. He yeah. is a hockey culture guy. You talk to Bill Guerin, and it's very obvious after a few minutes, not only is he sharp, but he understands, you know, hockey lingo, hockey players, how to get into the heads of hockey yeah. players. So that's going to have an immediate impact.
0: I hope you guys got a chance to read my Bulgarian story there that I wrote up because um, that is one of my, it's still one of my favorite stories. If you didn't get to check it out Um, and it's all the things that Russ just basically said there, but personified in in my experiences with him before before he was a general manager and why I think he's going to be a great general manager.
1: Um, um I, Okay, I'm going to interpret this funky cold Zdena because you didn't specify which Svechnikov or which Kachuk. Um, <laughs> I, I, so I'm assuming you mean Andre from, from, the, from the Canes. Let's say
0: both Svechnikovs and both Kachuk. And,
1: and, and Brady from, from the Sens because Matthew already scored 30 with Calgary. So if it's Andre Svechnikov or Brady Kachuk, who's more likely to score 30? I would say Brady Kachuk. I'm going Brady Kachuk. Totally. Yeah, I, I think Kachuk will get close, though.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think really?
0: Kachuk is very, very underrated. Yeah. I mean, just because of the situation he's in, he, I mean, he's he's a star. He's gonna I think
2: star. we're going to open some eyes this year. Look, Svechnikov had a really nice year, too. I just, did. at the end of the day, Kachuk's going to have a lot more opportunity than Svechnikov, too. I mean, let's be he real. He
0: really honest. is. There's no question about it. Yeah. Um, I think it's all the time we have today, every day, guys. Thank you so much for watching. As always, please tell your friends. Please share, like this video, subscribe to us if you haven't subscribed on YouTube. YouTube, And if you want to help support the show, go to patreon.com slash hockey, as some of you have done lately. We appreciate it very much. Uh, it helps keep us going. And um, if you feel like you're getting anything out of this, that would be really helpful to us. We really appreciate it. Um, remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you